millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today we've got a very spicy, malicious compliance story. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, no late lunches, no exceptions. I work a field services job where faults are called in and are attended to within a few hours. Lots of driving, very unpredictable workloads with while you're here faults. Some venues can have as many as 300 machines, so it's not uncommon to have 3 to 10 extras mentioned on top of the original issue. Usually we would just fix them and not bother wasting the time having a call raised, processing it through our job system, etc. Two extra minutes unaccounted for is more efficient than two minutes repairing and five minutes processing a job. I got into the habit of picking up enough work at once that I could reasonably expect to run out of work with one to two hours left at the end of my day. If anything went wrong, I'd have a buffer to get the work done by the end of day, even if it meant skipping my lunch break. Typically, I'd be taking my lunch break around 2 to 2.30 p.m. for half an hour on a 4 p.m. finish if nothing went wrong. I got rebuked for taking lunch too late. Explaining the rationale didn't help. Policy is policy. So now I take one job at a time instead of taking multiple logical jobs that minimize time spent traveling. I raise a call for every single extra job, even if it's a one minute fix. I down tools and take my lunch break exactly halfway through my shift, no matter what I'm in the middle of. This is likely going to result in venues unable to trade for 30 minutes longer in some cases. The end result is that I have no stress on me, because I only ever have a single job behind me. I'll never get caught at the end of the day with work left undone. I waste more time raising new jobs, reducing the actual number of fixes I get done each day, but my stats will look like they've doubled. And of course, my meal breaks are exactly how they ask them to be. I'm happier through the course of my day than I've been in a long time. For clarity, I don't work in the US. Breaks are legally required after working 4 hours, but are not required to be taken at that time. The timing of the break is only limited in that it must not be taken within 1 hour of the end of the shift. So long as it's finished by 3pm on a shift finishing at 4pm, there is no legal issue. Yeah, I think it just comes down to what honestly the boss is and the job expects of you. Although you might have in your mind a process or a workflow that clearly would work way better and way more efficiently, that's just not what they're asking for sometimes and it's easier just to go with the flow than try to fix things. And hey, sometimes like an OP situation, maybe it makes the job easier for you. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, want me to come into work while throwing up? Okay. I work at a crappy fast food place, and because of my age, I sadly can't get a different job yet. A couple of days ago, I was throwing up a lot. I had to work 5 to 12, and I'd already called out this month. I called my boss telling him I couldn't come in because I was throwing up. His exact words were, We have plenty of trash cans and a bathroom. See you at 5. Then he hung up. I was very mad, but I'm also a very petty person, so I said, Okay, bet, and went to work. I was obviously not feeling well, and everyone could tell when I got there. 
My boss put me on the line, food making, and told me to push through it. I worked for about 30 minutes before I started getting nauseous. I waited until right before I was about to puke, ran to my boss, hunched over, and threw up right on his shoes. Multiple customers saw this and started gagging. I looked up at my boss, smiled, and said, I couldn't make it to a trash can, sorry. Let's just say he allowed me to go home. Also, little fact, I'm 14 years old and he still did this. I'm just wondering, did this take place in the US or did this take place in another country because can you even work in a fast food place at 14? Maybe in some states you can have like a very limited shift, I don't know. This next story is taxi troubles or please don't mess with my pay. Figure this post would qualify as a post of its own. I used to drive a taxi cab. There are rigid and somewhat complex rules regarding driving time for occupational drivers. We logged hours in a notebook, for some reason nicknamed the storybook. Our driving time with a particular car was also logged electronically within that cab. The funny thing was that it was the cab, not the driver, who had a schedule. If you changed cab during your workday, you also switched to that car's schedule. Still, the driver had a limited amount of hours he was allowed to drive each day, week, or fortnight. Keeping track of this could be a bit of a challenge if you jumped between cabs. However, going over the limit was very bad, as it could bring enormous fines and suspensions. We would regularly get called out for early morning or late night airport or train station transfers outside of our shifts. These would typically take around 45 minutes unless we had to do more than one transfer. We were paid two hours wages for this, the difference being our call out bonus. As this was mostly in time and a half hours, it was more like three hours pay for three quarter hours work. On weekends and holidays, it was even more. Our dispatchers, affectionately nicknamed Switch Witches, were the ones who were supposed to keep tabs on how many cars were needed and when which car could punch out and go home. One of the dispatchers would constantly give us extra fares or keep us around for school transfers in the morning, while sending some of the guys on ordinary shifts home early. When I noticed the pattern, I asked her why. What does it matter? You're paid for two hours, and more fares means you're making more money. No, dear. It means my boss is making more money without having to give me compensation for it. You're giving away my call-out bonus. Stupid runt. I suggested solving the issue by letting us drivers tack on 75 minutes to whatever time we were out. But it was shot down because change equals bad. Instead, the dispatcher was told to keep better check on who was on shift and who was an extra, and who among the extras was an employee and who was an owner-operator, and send the employee extras home as soon as possible. Things didn't improve much after the misunderstanding was addressed, because she also sucked at her job. Here is where I decided to engage in malicious compliance. On the callouts, I stopped asking how much longer she needed me. I just remained logged on, accepting fares, letting the hours tick up. A few times she noticed and sent me home. Other times I kept on driving into my afternoon shift. Then came Friday night, the first one after payday, the biggest taxi night of the month. We were gonna make so much money. 8.30 in the evening as things are slowly starting to get wild, I radio dispatch. Dispatch, I'm going to log off and bring in the cab. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Why are you having trouble? No, I'm just out of hours. What? No, no, no. You're scheduled until 5 a.m. There's a crap load of fares waiting. Sorry. Someone else is going to have to take them. I logged out, garaged the cab, and went home. I had a nice relaxing evening and my boss lost a crap ton of money. Afterwards, he wanted to know what happened. I explained that this was the result of the problem I'd been addressing. Switch which keeping me on the clock, using up my driving hours, and bonus, but I didn't mention that at this time, resulting in me running out of hours. Nothing I can do, since it would mean breaking the law. The fines would be substantially bigger than the profit he lost. The next time I had a call-out fare, I was told I could log out and go home before I'd even dropped off the customer. Now, is this malicious compliance, or is this literally just doing their job? I mean, this is just like the details of their job. This is what was placed for them to do. I guess you could argue it's malicious compliance, but I think it's just compliance and they found out the hard way that their operators who are giving out this work are not very good. This next story is Do Not Think. This has been a while and I had a pro forma manager. Actually, we switched roles now and then. Sometimes he was my manager, sometimes I was his, who backed me every time and vice versa. We still are friends. Without going into details, a part of our job were reports. Now the marketing used to come up with, we need this and that, and my job used to be to translate this request into something more useful and something the upper management could read. More often than not, those requests lacked an understanding of the overall market, but that's why I was involved. And I often just translated it, just informing what I've done. As in the market, sometimes the figures are, well, not as good as expected. Who to blame? The market? The planning? No, the reports are tinkered. That's why this looks so bad. So one day, my, to that time, boss came up to me and said, Do not think. To which I tried my most unintelligent, Huh? We had actually a good laugh and he explained to me that they expected me from now on to exactly write the reports as requested. And the reports will be run only over him, aka, he just automatically forwarded me the requests triggered by some keywords. But every conversation about we've had ended with, and remember, do not think. I really hated this time, but I did exactly as I was told. It hurt to see the nonsense, the not matching comparison, but I shall not think. The figures looked better, but were so ridiculous that after a couple of months, our general manager came to us and asked what is going on after marketing couldn't explain the reports again. Me not wanting to hurt the company did actually double work. One report for the marketing, and one correct one to be stored for later, and my boss, as I was fully aware of this situation. We could explain. We even had comparisons ready and something for him to report to his regional manager. Of course this had an impact. 
Suddenly, the position head of marketing was vacant. One HR who threatened us with repercussions left the company shortly after. I think three other folks got demoted and left after a couple of months. And the GM greeted us with, you are free to think again for a week or two. You do not know how clutch OP came in when they realized that they had months of useless metrics to go off of. And OP said, yeah, don't worry, guys. Not only were you all extremely dumb in the way you operated, I'm here to save all your butts. This next story is not spicy. May I kick a little something for the G's? I run the drive through at Mendy's. I'm in sweltering Arizona, so the customers who ring through are difficult to hear with their ACs on, sometimes very difficult. The customers know this, and most of them work with us. This is the story of the customer who didn't. She started off okay, ordering a Steve's single, which is easy to hear, but then she said, and I want three nugs, ten spicy. I heard spicy, so I said, three ten-piece spicy? No, not spicy, not spicy, jerk. Okay, fine, not spicy. Then she comes to the window while I'm taking another order and says, Look, idiots, it's okay to say what you don't want, that's how I like it. Not unacceptable. Time for some compliance that isn't non-malicious. So I hatch a plan to repeat her order back to her as we hand it out the window. Here's your not root beer with your not chicken sandwich with no avocados, no mushrooms. And of course your not spicy nuggets with not not spicy sauce. Oh, and I guess you'll need a not a spoon for your not root beer. The only way I could describe her reaction was perplexed. Have a not great day, not not. I'm just going to take this at face value and assume that when you're working in a field like fast food, maybe sometimes you just have to do this to survive, you know, like it entertains your brain enough. When you gotta deal with repetitive orders and ungrateful people expecting fantastic service from a Mendy's, maybe you just gotta slip some of this kind of behavior in once in a while. Our next story is folding doors. I work in an office in an industrial estate. There are various types of companies around us, trucking, cement, roofing, etc. Consequently, there are a lot of trucks traveling on the streets at any given time. Important to note, our office is on a roundabout, and there are short, low concrete barriers dividing the approaches off and on the roundabout, so limited width. On the day in question, a B-double, truck plus two trailers, pulls up nearly at the barrier, no parking area, no space, opens his door and hops out of the truck. He goes around to the other side and then hops back into his cab. Leaving his truck door open, he then proceeds to do some paperwork. Another truck from the same company pulls up close and shouts at driver 1 to close his door so driver 2 can get past. Driver 1 is being a prat and refuses, says, go around me. Driver 2 does so. Because of the concrete barrier, there is very limited space. So driver 2 accidentally catches driver 1's truck door and folds the whole thing backwards. There's a bit of noise. The door caused a little bit of damage to the canvas sides of truck 2 but the door of truck one was wrecked. Driver two went on his merry way. Driver one finally managed to pull his door mostly closed, was still about four inches open, and drove very slowly away. We assumed to go back to the depot. Sadly, we never heard the outcome, but can only imagine driver one trying to explain it to management. The instant karma was a thing of beauty. You just know for sure that when that guy got back and he had to explain it to his management, 
it was all about this crazy lunatic driver who sideswiped them and drove right by. Some insane hit and run, they barely got away with their life. At least, that's what I would assume they would say. Our next story is, can't park in my driveway? Okay, I'll block parking in front of your house. Many years ago, we lived in a rental house in a cul-de-sac. One of the neighbors refused to interact with us because we were only renters while she owned her house. Whenever anyone parked in front of her house, she would demand they move their car because that was her parking spots. Well, one weekend we were having a birthday party for our kid. We had to double park cars in our driveway to accommodate the extra vehicles and avoid parking in front of her house. This meant that two of the cars overlapped the sidewalk a little. We're in a cul-de-sac, kids play in the street all the time so it didn't block anyone from walking past. Midway through the party, we have a couple of cops show up. Our neighbor called them to complain because her daughter couldn't ride her bike on the sidewalk due to our parking. She could have easily have gone around the cars, and the cops agreed it was stupid, but technically it was illegal to park on the sidewalk, and we'd have to move the cars. I told them we had issues with a neighbor when we parked in front of her house, and they said street parking is public parking, and free for anyone as long as the vehicle didn't remain there for an extended period of time. Cue malicious compliance. We moved the double-parked cars to in front of her house, and from then on, we always parked at least one of our cars in front of her house, even if there was room in our driveway, and parked it in such a way to block any other cars from parking in front of her house. Yeah, this groucho neighbor that wants to narc on your birthday party parking, they definitely deserve that kind of behavior, let's be real. There's nothing more satisfying than the cops bailing out and giving you an excuse to park there and irritate them as much as you want. Imagine coming home every day and ending your car ride with a smile because you know every single day you're upsetting that jerk neighbor. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 